0: Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. I'm Joe Oberle from uh, VikingsTerritory.com and PurplePTSC.com. That's Mark Craig from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. And whoo-hoo-hoo-hoo, Victory Monday, Mark. Wasn't that a ball game? How about those Vikes? They're back on at their roll and they're heading to the promised land. Yeah, Vikes. Yeah, baby.
1: Go. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, it does beat one and five. Let's put it that way. Um, if we talked about the defense and uh, them facing Justin Fields and a Division II quarterback making his NFL debut, uh, that's all good. Uh, the offense would be concerning a little bit, but uh, you know this league is so much, so often about being just less terrible than the team you're playing, and uh, they they achieved that this week. Uh, they were less terrible than the Bears.
0: Do you, do you I mean, when you say that, are you talking about
1: the league just in general? Or, you know yeah, just the just league in, in general. League. Most, of the teams, most of
0: the teams are just I mean, rotten. it's
1: just – and it honestly, it's just about winning because, I mean, you knew it was going to – I think if, if Deshaun Watson had played in the, the 49ers-Browns game, I would have picked the Browns to win. But the, he's out. I, I figure there's no way. We had all crowned the 49ers the best team in the league. They were going to win the Super Bowl. It's all. It's all over. And it changes. It changes in our dime and so you just have to win no matter what it is, and just move on and, and get to the next week. And you know, now suddenly, you know, next week doesn't look as awful as uh as it did two weeks ago or last week. Mark, did you lose a couple uh, survivor pools by chance? No, I didn't lose any survivor picks. Oh, no. okay. uh, All right, uh, I, I lost the bear, but the bears. That, that was a public service announcement last week. I. Poor Kevin O'Connell had tried everything to get his team to 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 win the turnover battle. So I took it upon myself that the only way that they, they could it could snap and they could win the game was a to have a sports writer predict that they would lose the turnover battle and they would lose the game. So I did that in, in your on your behalf, John. And all you do, Mark, is give again. I, I did it for the give state it. of Minnesota. Because I knew 20. if i made that if I made that pick. It wouldn't come
0: true, so well, you put that on your resume to become of one of us. I don't. Oh, know
1: I have, I had the, I have a power of jinx when it comes to picking things, like you wouldn't <laughs> believe.
0: Well, thanks, Mark, for the win. You know, for the people that well, wanted you to tank, want the Vikings to tank, they're 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 going to have their knives and pitchforks out for you.
1: That's true. Yeah. Forgot uh, about that.
0: You know they the. I, I, there was nothing about this game that made me happy. You know, I mean, you know, I wanted him to win. I just want him to win, but uh, you know, it, it basically puts the Vikings, you know, uh, further away from a, a decent draft pick, but it doesn't really put them any closer to the playoffs because this is a, a, a one in five team, you know, uh, that uh, was terrible and their, their quarterback was confused. Their they're uh, they're down three running backs. Yet they did run over the Vikings defense. But you know the Vikings have two wins over a, a teams that have a combined record of one and eleven. Good lord, you know. So this, this they should have trounced them. They barely squeaked by. I mean, it's just like, come on, fellas, what the heck? You're a
1: better team than this. We keep saying that, but I don't know if it's true, Mark. Well, I mean, you know. Uh... I mean, I just got done writing that. It was not, you know, not having Justin Jefferson was not an excuse for going two for thirteen on third right. down against the the worst third. Not only were they were the worst third down defense in football, that they were worse by five percentage points. Ooh. Which typically, you know, when you get to that point, it's like you know, everybody's kind of jumbled together. But they were head and shoulders above, you know, not being able to stop anybody on third down. Uh, but you know, having said that, you know, they did they were without Jefferson. Um so it really affected him, didn't it? Well, it, it affected him, but also what's affecting him is the fact that TJ Hawkinson does can't catch a ball anymore. Uh, Alexander Madison can't catch a ball, and, and even Addison, you know, had that 30-yard pass, should thirty thirty-five 30-35-yard pass that he drops. Yeah, um, but he was kind of laying out for it, you know. I mean, well, he, these guys have got and all the all the drops on Hawkinson's behalf are are contested ones that are are hard yeah. throw hard thrown balls. But they got to catch them. That that's what you're a first round draft pick for. They're both yep. first round draft picks. One's making more than any other tight end in NFL history. So you know these are plays that they that they are you know expected to make. And, you're right. You're right. Uh, and then man. KJ drops one. Granted, it was a it was kind of a wide throw on third down, third and five. Uh, he has to lay out for it, and he drops it. So um, that affected them, too. You know they, they should not have been two for thirteen on third down. Uh, whether they have Justin Jefferson or they don't have. Them. And they had what three uh two th- uh, how many three and outs in the second half? They have four three and outs out of six
0: possessions. So. oh my goodness. How you know how did they win this freaking ball game? Because they were playing the Bears. The Bears are bad. And uh I hate to break it to you, Vikings fans. The Vikings aren't much better. They're just not. I mean, they're not playing it. you uh, you sent me a note about Kirk not being as uh uh, accurate this year as he has been in the past. I think that's true. He's had a lot of high throws. He's had a lot of, of missed shots. I mean, that one he did throw into Addison that he didn't catch was a beautiful pass. But, you know, those were more commonplace last year. I, I'm just not seeing it as much this year. Kirk's is, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying he's all, all of a sudden 35 years old and feeling it, but he's
1: uh, not having the same season. Is that what you would uh, you would say? But well, I statistically, except for yesterday, I mean, it's been been a decent season. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say that there there are some little more errant throws here and there, but um, you know, and in knocking the Bears and everything, we you, we also got to look at you know Brian Flores um, saw something that you know I, it's not a big risk. I don't think to 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 blitz and to go relentlessly after Justin Fields and also the rookie for sure. Um, if I'm the bears, I would have had him running a lot more than he did. I, I, it started off kind of like, you know, they get a sack, an easy you know, sack on a, on a five man rush right off the bat. I mean, uh, uh, Wonham sacks him without even being touched. Uh, but then he turns around and he runs for 17 yards and it's like, I thought we were just, and then third and four, he runs for a first down. I thought we might've seen more of that, but that they kind of went away from that. Um, but you know, this is a guy that you know had two two games in a row where he and uh, DJ Moore were really on, on the same page, and they you know they got out to a big lead. He was perfect in the first half against Denver. They just blew the lead at the in the second half. They mm-hmm. beat Washington, who slept, walked through that game, but uh, they're not they're not great. But th- this was a team that was kind of on a roll when it you know kind of finding some things. And to the Vikings' credit, they you know they put him back where where he's where he was three weeks ago and like, can this guy read a defense? Can this guy function at an NFL level? Yeah. I, you know, going back to
0: our quarterback, just for a second, you know, yeah, he is statistically, uh, he's number one in touchdown pass number two in yardage or something like that. But he had moments where he looked like he was, he was the rookie on the other side of the field. I mean, that, that terrible decision to lateral to acres, but he, he got away with it because Uh, by inches that it was out of bounds when the other guy recovered it. But, you know, Kirk just never, still never looks comfortable in the pocket, even though, you know, we've got an offensive line that uh, uh, has been called a top five offensive line. I'm not sure it is, but it's not, it's not, but he just doesn't look comfortable back there ever. And, and uh I, I I don't know I I don't know if that that's certainly not going to change with Kirk you know I, I I don't know he still hangs in gets hit you know occasionally for sure uh, but sometimes he just looks panicked and on that play I I, I was shocked <laughs> he, he well that, he would have done on the Sandlot field you know uh, after the game if I was thirty years younger.
1: Yeah, th- that to me is is kind of what Kirk is. Kirk is gonna be a really good quarterback at times. He's also gonna make some bad sit, de- you know, some some bad decisions out of wanting to make something out of nothing. You know, whenever he makes that throw, you know, I don't think he's anticipating getting hit as quickly as he did get hit. Yeah. Um, cause it, you know, he doesn't just like turn and like dump it to the guy. He's turns and he's getting hit and the ball kind of comes out. Um, you know, that's one of those where you know, you'll hear it over and over and over and over again. Oh, you know, I got to take the sack, or I got to do this, or I got to do that. Well, you know, Kirk, you're in your twelfth year, or whatever. You you know, do it. You know, and uh, so, but that's that's just kind of that. That's the whole the argument with Kirk is that you have that, but then you have great moments and you have you know comebacks like last year, eight comebacks and set tying or setting a record. Um, that's just kind of what you're what you're dealing with, and that's also, frankly. Why the Vikings are in limbo with what to do with him? They won't admit it, but the money—you know—put your money where your mouth is. If you say all the things about Kirk, and then you don't extend him or you don't go that extra step with him again, then that tells—that tells me, and that tells the world, and Kirk, that they're in the same boat as the rest of us. Kind of like, well, you know, what do we do with this guy? Um, Good enough to win with, but isn't going to. Cover a lot of mistakes when they when they pop up.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, in defense of Kirk a little bit, uh, and you mentioned it earlier is the drops. I mean, uh, you said KJ's dropping more this year. Uh Madison has butter on his fingers. There's no two ways about it. I mean, he wants to turn and go downfield before he gets the ball in. It's I, I I don't understand it. There's just too many of them. And you got Hawkinson, who's uh something's going on there that I don't understand with him because I mean, you know, yes, these are all tough catches that he makes. He did have five on six or seven targets or, you know, so he, he did that. And I, I do not think they didn't, they didn't use him early in the game when I thought they should have, but uh um there's a lot of drops that aren't helping Kirk. And sometimes they're just as bad as, as
1: the fumbles because they can, you know, uh end drives on third down. Exactly. And that's, that's the, you know, you can chase your tail with Kirk. You know, <laughs> two people can get together and one likes Kirk and one hates Kirk, and they both can sit there and chase their tails all day long with with, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but. Yeah. And you're exactly right. You know, I just got done saying things about that, but you're right. That you take out some of these drops and it's you know you, you've got another instead of 180 yards, it's. Two hundred and eighty yards. I, I don't know. It's it, yeah. it was uh, offensively. It was just not good enough. And, and Madison, I like Madison, uh, but Madison's a number two. He's a number two back. He's a he was not ever going to be Dalvin Cook. He's, um, you know, and Dalvin Cook. You know, they, they did not they should not have kept Dalvin Cook because you watch Dalvin now at the Jets and sort of at points last year with the Vikings and you know he he's he's reached that point where he's lost that step and he's not yep. worth the money. So, uh, but you know, I would, and I think you sent a note about acres or, or Madison. I, right. I want to see, see more of Matt or acres because I feel like he is, he's a more patient, smoother runner, um, doesn't force things as much. And, and, I, and I, yeah, I, I think he might be a better you know receiver, you know, I mm-hmm. Madison. So, you know, it's, it's getting a little risky to throw the ball to Madison in situations where. You need that we had a of- touchdown. He yeah. had a
0: touchdown. You know, if he if he grabs the ball and turns and then uh reads a block, he's in the end zone. And instead he drops it and uh they uh, have to kick a field goal, I think. You know, it, it's uh it, it's happening week after week. Um do do you uh uh is 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 KOC kind of like the uh version of a different version of Zimmer, whereas he he doesn't want to get uh, new acquisitions into the offense until they've been assimilated for a few weeks. We finally saw Dalton Reisner, but I mean, I, he should have. I mean, Akers knows most of this offense from playing with the Rams. He should he should uh, uh, he should be in there more than he's he's in. I, I I guess I don't know why they're not using him more, especially when when you see some of these issues with Madison. Madison's running hard, but he, you know in crucial
1: situations he's 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 messing up. Well, I think they did use him a couple of weeks ago and uh, pretty well. I, I I figured that was a nice mix that they had. Uh, it all runs together now, but it was with the Carolina game. I, I you mm-hmm. know, where there was a nice mix uh, between the two of them. Um, well, I don't know. Some of it's game plan. Some of it's uh, maybe how they practice. I, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I would like to see more of um, because he's you know, it, Madison's just, he's not a, a primary like workhorse not there's only one workhorse back left in the league and Derrick Henry and that's because he's he's bigger than a Sequoia tree and and uh, you know he can still get things done. But even then Tennessee has a second guy Spears that uh,
0: I Spears, yeah.
1: That yeah. they're using, you know, as a nice change of pace. Um yeah. but yeah I think acres is is it, it, it's begging for like a little bit more of Acres and uh Uh, I just, I feel like he, he's smoother. He lets, he lets things develop in front of him a little better and and can, you know, whereas Madison is just a sledgehammer into whether there's a hole or not. And this guy's maybe a little bit more patient runner.
0: Yeah. Um, Speaking of the offensive line, uh, they only gave up two sacks to the petrified Kirk cousins, but uh, they only had 46 rushing yards that, you know, uh, that's just not going to get it done. we We saw Ezra Cleveland go down and Dalton Reisner come in, and I think by all accounts that I've read that he he had a pretty good showing. Uh, but uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. You know w- what do you is, what do you say about the offensive line? Did they have a good game or a bad game where they probably weren't as tested as they're going to be on Monday night? but uh, uh, well think
1: I, I think I think when you you spend the second half only gaining uh two two first downs. And going uh, 4 3 and out, the offense, I would start looking there. You know, there's drops, but also the offensive line, I would start looking at, you know, they didn't, you know, they got, they got physically, you know, beat. Um, I would say the Vikings are a very, they're a talented team, but they're not, they're not the, the physically strong team that you're, that you uh, Philadelphia or, or San Francisco that's going to line up and, 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 you know, or cleveland now like, my goodness what cleveland's doing defensively uh is i mean they're they're just a powerful powerful physically intimidating type team right now vikings don't have that that club in their bag in uh, yeah. so, and, and, and as far as reisner uh, you know i he, he played 10 snaps and six of them were after that ridiculous interception uh that basically clinched the game and granted they i think they did have to I think they did get a first down actually uh, after that interception. So they did you know run the ball a couple of times, but uh, you know, it's a, it's a 10 snap window of you know, 10 snap window. And uh, there was nobody that threw him aside or so I would imagine he did okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, he clearly hasn't, uh, that, that's kind of a, a, a confusing, baffling, you know, why do you go out and pay a veteran to do this? And then, uh, granted, if someone gets hurt, he's there, and you and you you can plug him in. Then we'll be singing a different tune. But uh, I think you know they're they're still wrestling with with Ingram. You know, sometimes he looks good, especially running the balls, and a lot of times he looks bad, especially when there's pass protection. Uh, but clearly hasn't done enough to get replaced yet.
0: How how bad was uh,
1: Cleveland hurt? Any idea? I I don't know I don't I mean it, everything was just so preliminary you know last night with with everything. do we know what it was I didn't even get
0: know what the injury was he just limped off I, I I'm not yeah. sure
1: what it was uh,
0: okay but. um you know on, on the bright note and it isn't you know it isn't very very bright they did have a nice touchdown drive in the first at the end of the first half when I I was sitting here with my brother watching the game. Thing. He's saying they're they're not going to get anything. I said, I think they'll get in position for a field goal. And all of a sudden, suddenly they're they're racing downfield and getting in position for a nice touchdown, a good pass to to Addison, who ran uh ran a decent route to get a pretty wide open there. Um uh you know, it's only one touchdown for the offense. And the defense in both of their wins has come through with a defensive score that's helped them win. You know, we'll talk about that in the next segment. But what do you th- what do you th- like about that uh, touchdown drive right before half? And does it is there anything there that we can be hopeful about with this squad, this
1: offense? Well, I, I like it for a lot of reasons. Is because um, you know so we're sitting here just beating the crap out of them for all what they did in the second half, not being able to run the ball, not being able to go convert on third downs. But the highlight was you know uh, that drive starts when uh, Daniel Hunter shoves the running back into the quarterback, and he throws that thing that wobbles up in the air. And Hicks comes down with it. So, you know, clock management, I mean, it's a, it's at a point where, you know, this team, you know, was just coming off a game where, you know, they had to delay a delayed game on fourth and seven or whatever it was. Uh, they, they mismanaged their timeouts against the Chiefs and all that stuff. Well, this drive it starts with a takeaway, which is what they've been needing, is, you know, get to take the ball away. And then they, they work it down to where I think they scored with 12 seconds left. Uh, so that's good the, the moving down the field clock management getting the ball out of bounds and st- you know they that was really good really good two minute offense and then Addison has like a veteran move where he really fakes the going inside and then cuts to the outside and then Kirk puts it right on in between two defenders so uh, you know there's a lot to like about that because you know and if you're in a, a slog fest with a team that's that you're clearly better than um you know, and you at a key moment, you took the ball from them and you scored. And then I believe they got the ball to start the second half, too. Yeah. And right. then, uh, so yeah, that was a lot to like about that series. Speaking of the Slugfest, I was down there
0: for this game last year at Soldier Field, the final game of the season. And the only difference between the two games was that the Bears wanted to lose. <laughs> this one they didn't. And uh, Vikings had a little more tough time with them. Uh, well, let's, you know, Let's take a quick break, break and cleanse our palate, and talk about the defense, which played a little bit better. The offense, you know, the offense has been kind of spiraling down. It's it's, it's fascinating that they've looked better in all their losses than they have in these two wins. The offense, it's like, how do you figure this? I mean, I, I don't know what to think. Maybe let's regroup and uh, see if Mark has an answer to that question when we come back. Come on back to Vikings territory breakdown. All right, folks. Welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown podcast with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, I asked before we ended the last segment, uh, you know what, what what's up with a, t- a team that uh, looks better in four losses than they do in their two wins? I mean, and that and that's not an exaggeration. There there were times when they did look not because they looked great in those losses, but they looked better than we've seen in in the. Uh, these two, two wins, are they playing down to their opponents? Uh, what, 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 what's that mentality that causes that?
1: Well, you got to know this, i but you know, basically Joe, in this league, it's, they're, they're kind of all the same. You know, I think uh, Royce, he mentioned something about, it. he gave him too much credit. He said, there's 20 teams in the middle. I would say there's probably, you know, 30 teams. I don't know. It's, you just look at what happened on week six and like I was telling you off off air here that this was this in honor of Sid Hartman, this was the week, this was this was an example of the week where Sid would go to, to winter park and sit there and for five minutes be asking a question about all, it's a crazy league, it's a crazy <laughs> league. How do you figure 49ers lose to Cleveland and Jets lose to, or Jets beat Philadelphia. So yeah, it, it's, you know, they look bad. They may look better in a loss um, than they look look terrible in a win. But in ultimately, and and in Vikings fans, especially the Kevin O'Connell era, everything's a one score game. And it's and we found out last year it was all you know happy days and until the end. And then you know we win them. They win them all. And then this year it's they lose them all except they now they win the Chicago game. Um, yeah. And and again, it's I guess for this game in particular. Um, it's you know, getting used to Justin Jefferson. What they you know, the defenses that they saw was were much different uh with without Jefferson on the field. Doesn't excuse the drops, doesn't excuse the inability to run the ball. Um, but yeah, it's just every game is kind of its own thing, and it all it's just one big jumble, and it ends up, you know, uh, who who makes the plays toward the end. And in both wins, it's been the defense making the plays. That uh, that we're not seeing when they they've lost games.
0: Maybe it's a perception deal from fans. You know, I, I think you know you get caught when 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 you look at Major League Baseball, 162 games. You can see trends. You can see you know ups and downs and waves and 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 uh, runs and and just really bad play for a long time. Where with a 17 game season, you don't have that. You know. It, you can't, you know, a team can re- reel off some wins in a row, but then they can come up and just get beat, you know, on any given Sunday. It, it's, you know, maybe we're thinking that you should be able to to look at it and say this about the team, when in fact you can't. You can't make any assumptions. I'm going to still say that San Francisco and Philadelphia are the cream of the crop, even though they got knocked off by two teams that, you know, that that, that they're pretty good and they were supposed to be pretty good before. The- at, their record didn't show it so maybe it's our perception that that uh, doesn't take it like you just said each week each game is is a thing of, on its own you know and it's such a battle and so you, you can't you can't maybe make these overarching sweeping statements about a team um, so easily as you might in a in a 82 game uh, hockey season or a 162 game major league seasons that
1: yeah, I mean, a, a three-game losing streak in football is a 30-game losing streak in baseball. <laughs> That's um, right there, yeah. So, um, but, yeah, the 49ers got as close as you can get to being that that team that you look at and say no matter what happens, they're going to be – they're the better than the team that they're playing. They, uh, they're moving at, at, at such an efficiency, but in saying that, it's a violent game you know baseball unless you're the twins i guess and they get hurt every time they like stretch <laughs> um but yeah we'll do a twins podcast on that and then think people can beat me up for that one but right, um right. um uh, you know but to to, to me it's uh uh oh, what, what were we talking about you know
0: just the whole uh trend of you know overarching you know you said Unless it's- oh, yeah,
1: yeah. So the 49ers, senior moment, two two weeks in a row. Um, you're not, but getting you, know, younger. You, throw, you throw in the violence of the game, and okay, so the 49ers are at that point. We, you know, I, I was right there with them. That, that is even more, way more so than Philadelphia. The 49ers were, were, the, were the best, but then they go into a game. Christian McCaffrey, who makes that whole thing go offensively, you know, has an oblique injury. Debo Samuel, who's probably I put maybe number two on making that thing go, the quarterback in that situation is probably. I mean, the fact that he can just sit there and distribute it is, is amazing. But if he didn't have all those guys to do it to and a great offensive line, he wouldn't be anything special. So you you lose two of those guys and then they lose the game. So you have the fact that everyone's kind of all the same, and then you then you, if someone does peek their head out of the you know above everyone else, then the injuries ultimately bring them back down to to that level. So um, you, you honestly, the people that want to give up and, and tank before, before you're mathematically eliminated, or at least before Thanksgiving, are crazy because they're just not paying attention to how quickly you can get back in it and how quickly things change. That's a great point. And uh, we need to
0: bottle that for next week after we lose to the to the 49ers if that's what the case could, because that, then, then the, the tank, the calls for tanking and collapsing for Caleb, uh, are, are going to be even higher and, and, uh, uh, they're going to be ruining this game. But before we go down that road, I, I what we got to give the defense some props. You know, the defense has slowly, but surely, you know, Improving this season over last season for sure, and they finally they finally won the turnover battle. They made three turnovers yesterday, two interceptions. And I think fumble recovery is that correct? And uh, uh, you know the Vikings still had a fumble, but uh, the, the 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 Vikings defense basically won that game. How, you mentioned earlier how they confused uh, Justin Fields. Uh, he was he was struggling with what Flores was uh, throwing at him. You had five sacks on the team, two of them from Daniel, who has uh, eight sacks in six games, which is pretty gallaudet and good pace. So quit talking about trading this guy and uh, um, uh, Byron Murphy with a with a pick. Now, that was a gift pick, uh, uh, but you know uh, for this team, I'll, I'll I'll take it. So you know, talk about the G, the defense in general and, and what you saw from them, and and uh, you think they're ascending right now, and and they're going to keep improving.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought that they played well enough to to beat the you know Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I, I thought that that was a decent game plan against them. You know, the Chiefs. You know, granted they did they converted a lot of third downs, but that's what they do. That's how they, you know. But they you know like going back to the Chiefs game that third and eighteen coming out of halftime. You know, that's just an inch away from being a you know a, an all out rush, which you, you you hate to do against him because he he can beat you, and then it's just a you know uh, Cam Bynum. You know, leaps just an inch away from maybe tipping that ball away. Um, You know, the approach is good. It's, I think that Flores is getting better as he's as he's learning his personnel. You know, in today's NFL, Mm -hmm. you don't get to play, you don't get to practice in the preseason. You got to like practice again, joint practices and and uh, you know, practices where no one hits each other. So he he's kind of learning his personnel. You know, the Philadelphia game was whenever they just ran the ball. He didn't make make a whole lot of adjustments, but in in looking back at it, it's you know maybe his approach was to not give up a lot of big plays. And one thing they've done is they've you know they've managed to blitz you know relentlessly in some cases like yesterday. I don't know what the percentage was, but it had to be high. Um, and they've managed to uh, not give up a ton of big plays now, a team like Carolina didn't even try to throw the ball deep. Chicago gets that 39 yard gain. And then, you know, a couple of plays later, you know, they're crawling into a shell and playing for a 53-yard field goal. So um, you know, I think yes, the defense I think is getting better. And what I would what I would like if I was a Vikings fan is if you're not if you're not thrilled about this year and you, you think that maybe Flores will be back next year, can the front office give him more. Uh, personnel, because you're not, you know, Daniel's not going to come back, yeah. I'm sure, but, you know, can you end up giving him more personnel? Uh, and, and Davenport hurt, you know, hurt his an- his other ankle yesterday, so I would imagine he's... Really? Gonna... It's his other ankle? My yeah. goodness, he's worse like... than Byron Buxton. So, yeah, I would imagine that he's not going to be around, and that, that's going to be another big, that'll be a big blow, because, you know, we found, when this guy was healthy, uh, he, he sure surprised me and a lot of other people on how, you know how violent a pass rusher he could be in this system. Um, you you think Daniel's gone? Yeah, I, I would imagine he's gone. Uh, you, know, you know, you I would assume, I would assume they're 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 gonna, um, you know, have to pay Justin Jefferson, and then uh, they've already paid Hawkinson, and then Kirk. You know, depending on what you do with Kirk, you know, Daniel's not going to come back on some. Uh, if Daniel gets you know fifteen, sixteen, seventeen sacks. And he can't be, um, he can't be franchised. So, um, you know, I, I would imagine you got to expect him to move on. Well, then you got to trade him,
0: because you know, you, you I guess you'd get a compensatory pick if he signs with somebody else. But what would that pick be? Maybe a second rounder, or probably a third rounder. But dreaming for a second rounder. But you know, you should you should trade him then. I guess if if, if
1: you're really that. Sure, he's gonna be
0: not gonna be back next year. Well, I, you know, I'm,
1: it's not my call, Joe. I don't know. Yes, it. It's Damn. my guess. It's not my call.
0: Yeah, I know. I I, I just that that disheartens me because it, it's fun to watch pass rush. He's healthy, you know, and I'm confident in, in his health. And you know, with with Davenport out there who is not healthy, uh, it. it it's a formidable pass rush again. It can make up for a lot of problems we might have in the interior defensive line. I, I it's just, it's just fun to have that, to see, to see after last year, to see a Vikings uh, defenders harassing uh, opposing quarterbacks. It's,
1: But it's, yeah, yeah, you know, not only just replacing him, but it's also um, finding, you know, other players. I mean, uh, it's, you know, it, it, it goes along with this conversation is that Lewis seen yesterday I know we beat that Lewis syndrome drum forever, but he was a healthy scratch for the first time in his career. So, oh my goodness, well, that's that. That to me is this is this gigantic red flag about you know, you know, do they have the do they have the front office that can that can replenish the players? And uh, we'll see, and we'll see what it's going to play out over time. Well, you know, uh, a couple other players I need to
0: to shout out to that I I, I have been really impressed with this year. I mean, I, I liked them last year. And I was I was always thinking Josh Metellus was hoping he was going to get better. I liked Hicks last year, but I didn't like him as much as I, I do this year. I mean, he's having a great year, and he had a great game yesterday. He had the pick. He had uh, a pass defended. I think uh, he had he and he and, uh, he and uh, Metellus and Cam Bynum were the top tacklers yesterday, and um, the three of them are are playing just great. And there there are three players you can you can uh builder on now maybe uh isn't that why scene's not playing because he's not better than uh
1: bynum or or uh well of course yeah yeah, yeah. i'm just saying that, that when you're when you're given a crack in the first round and you trade down 20 spots and you take a guy who's not good enough to to get on the field you know that's concerning and, and you know by uh um butellus you know those guys have been around a little while and um you know, Metellus, they, I mean, he's a starter. I mean, he's on, he's on the field all the time. Um, he fits what, what uh, Flores likes to do. And it, it's a constant pressure situation. And yeah, so he, he makes a great play and the ball goes up in the air. Hicks catches the ball. And um, you know, Hicks had some plays last year, I think early on, especially where um, there's a little more like uh, nastiness to him than what you see. you know, very gentle kind of guy, you know, personality wise. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's a good player. He's, he, he's, uh, you know, he's not all pro material, not a pro bowler, but he's a he's a solid player. You know, great scoop and score yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. Him he well, said he, he celebrated his 32nd birthday last week. And yeah, yeah, he moved pretty good. He scooted down the sideline pretty good with that. So, you know, we're not hearing
0: the name of uh, at least this week. We didn't hear it much. I saw one play by uh, Ivan Pace, but uh, him and Asimov, we don't hear much about them lately. Um, uh, what's what's the reasoning there?
1: Well, no. yeah, I mean, I don't, you know Ivan Pace is not good. I don't think is going to be a guy that's uh, you're going to see a lot of flash plays from a lot of you know. He, he's very undersized, um, but he's 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 a good he's a good football player. Uh, Asamoah was on the field uh, toward in um, at least in the second half, making some you know some blitzes and, um, yeah, that's that's you know pace is on the field because he, first of all he's, he's much better than an undrafted player. There's no question about that. Yeah, Asamoah got hurt and then in the training camp and never really took that leap that uh, that we were all expecting of him, uh, and and they couldn't have, they didn't want Kendricks around anymore, so. Um, there wasn't any, you know, there wasn't a a big playmaker that they drafted high or whatever to, to take over that position.
0: Yeah. Well, how about the secondary? They, uh, they got to give them some plaudits as well. They bottled up DJ Moore, who the previous week, what had some yards receiving, um, just, just lit it up against, uh, Washington. Um, and, uh, that that didn't materialize. I think he had two targets in the first half, one catch or something like that. So they, they did a number on him, didn't they?
1: Yeah, I, I would probably you know give a, a bigger nod to the to the pressure. You know, it's a it's all rush and cover, rush and cover. Without mm-hmm. one, you can't really do the other. You know, um, so the rush and cover helped. I would say that even better than his uh, his game clinching interception and three passes defense was uh, third and goal at the four first half. Um, you can tell that that uh, Fields wants to go to more, uh, but but uh, Byron Murphy has got him, you know, taken care of in the corner of the end zone. And then you know Fields, I think there were times on that game. One was a Daniel sack where he, he, I think he felt like he could kind of you know look around and, and still have time to get away from him. Well, he tried to run on that, and that's when Harrison Phillips and Hicks. I mean, Hicks didn't get credit for that stop, but. He and Phillips both stop him for no gain. And I think Phillips got a, a zero-yard sack on that play. Uh, and then the other one was a three-man rush in the second half, I believe, where Daniil, um that might have been the one – yeah, the, there was a play where, where he hurt his wrist. Uh, he thinks he can get away from Daniil, and Daniel's on top of him right away. And, and, it, and he tries to throw it out of bounds, but his knee was down. Um, so, yeah, the defense is um, – did a good job on, on more. I think he, he only had one catch for seven yards in the first half, like five for 51 overall, but he was a non-factor after being a you know breakout, you know, he was the first guy since Randy Moss in 07 to, to five games with a, his first five games with a new team having 500 yards and five touchdowns in the first five games. Hmm. Um, so he went from that to being a, just a nobody in this game. And that was a lot of that was a rush, and also Murphy did a good job on it. Um, you know, you, you brought up
0: tanking earlier. Uh, uh, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, the team's going to tank. You know, we've said it ad nauseum. They got Brian Flores, who's in the midst of a, uh, a lawsuit about tanking, and we know where he stands on it. Uh, the teams don't tank. But what you can do is have a fire sale. And there's all kinds of talk before the the the, uh, the trade deadline comes is, uh, of trading these veterans like Harrison Smith and Daniil Hunter. And they say Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins would never allow a trade to happen, so that's just silly talk. But do you think uh, the Vikings would are, are are going to do that at some point? I mean, they could have the excuse of, well, Daniil's not coming back anyway, so we got to get someone on. So then we also... Uh, unload Harrison Smith who, who took a cut to stick around. And I guess I, with that question, I'm asking if Brian Flores comes back last year, wouldn't maybe someone like Daniil Hunter want to continue to play for him after the season he's having so far. And uh, clearly Harrison Smith does. And I mean, uh, some of these guys are, are, are sending on the defensive side of the ball and, and you know, if you keep Flores, they, they might want to be back and to play with him. I don't know. What are your thoughts on all that? And, uh, um, I know what you
1: saw on Saturday from Caleb Williams It's not much of a guy to tang for, is he? <laughs> there you go. Have well, that, that was the first time I I really sat down and watched him play, and he looked <laughs> awful and, and they looked awful. And you know, I'm not just saying that's a one game you know that I watched. Yeah, and, I know. You know yeah. how you know how they the narrative gets going. It's a runaway train and it suddenly it becomes he's the you know, he's the next Peyton Manning or he's the next this or that. And it's like, sometimes it's not truth to all this stuff. And you watch and I'm watch, watching that game. I was like, you know, I, I didn't see anything special that he did. Any, you know, and he, I think you would want that from a guy, you know, in that situation, you know, he's, you are know, granted he's on the road, but he's, he's playing a, he's got the better team. He's playing a, an inferior opponent and not that they're a terrible team, but uh, I, you know, he looked pretty bad, what, three interceptions in the first half.
0: Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, anyway,
1: To me, a fire sale is tanking. I mean, you're you're not going to go out right. and, and, and uh, um, the first touchback, you know, there's no kickoffs anymore. It's a, it's a opening touchback, uh, and just sit on the, you know, and suck your thumb on the 50-yard line and let them run past. You know, no one's ever going to just lay down. And, you know, the Bears did last year in Soldier Field. I watched it. Well, literally, like. You, know, you you just put in players that uh, like maybe the you know, I don't know why the Bears would tank, uh, but because they got number one pick. pick and they got their own pick and it would be typical Bears or, or you know if they they had the number one pick they didn't take uh, you know they didn't have their they didn't take uh, Stroud or or Bryce Young this year and then then they they're, they because they have all this faith in Justin Fields and then and then they take a quarterback next year. And, and Williams maybe is not as good as the other guys I don't know um but yeah if you start if you start selling off players that's that's equivalent of tanking and and so I think that if I'm the Vikings and my guess is that you know you win that game uh you see you you look turn on the tape of the 49ers you realize that you know even if McCaffrey plays uh, Debo Samuels plays they, they got injuries that they're not going to be as lights out as they've been the first five weeks. And then it's, you know, you win that game and then suddenly it's an entirely different ball game. It's entirely different, you know, from what we are talking about just two weeks earlier. So, yeah, that's where their heads are. You know, I would say uh, I agree. I don't think Kirk would, uh, you know, Kirk going to, would Kirk let himself go to to New York? And, uh, nope. and you know, and Rodgers is there. Rodgers kind of has intentions to come back next year. Um, and, and the fact that. You know, you're not just going to arrive in New York and all of a sudden be, you know, a savior. And right, be, you got a new system and everything. It just doesn't make any sense. But yeah, I, I might feel like the, the Vikings' head is in, you know, scratch out. You know, you scratch out. It's a Monday night game at home. Uh, and the 49ers are banged up. You got to play, put on a good show for that one.
0: It's national TV. It's where Kirk shines. What? Wait, what? Oh, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it, yeah, you're right. I, I I just can't see it happening. I, I I can see uh if things go south, they they might consider, you know, getting something for Daniel before they lose him. You know, I, I don't know. Who knows what's gonna happen, but it's just speculation. To think about one thing that I, I did want to mention, uh, because he's one of the star offensive players, is Greg Joseph made a 51 and a 53 yarder, missed a 57 yard. He had plenty of leg for it, but uh and so he's having a pretty good season. But, of course, like the Vikings, when he's having a good game, they they uh, have to have a, a PAT blocked, which uh, was concerning for a little bit in this game, unfortunately. But, anyway, just mention him. And uh, any thoughts on, on the season he's having? Because there's been no, there's no pressure for him. You know, he hasn't hardly even kicked this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's um... – there's been times where you're thinking, oh, is this going to be where they hear the the goalposts go, you know, Uh, because he he was amazingly, had an amazing ability. They should give him, like, two points for hitting the, for consistently hitting the upright like he was doing last year with those PATs. Um, But, yeah, the less you hear about your kicker, the less you hear about your left tackle, uh, your long snapper is the better. So not hearing a lot about Greg Joseph because he's just knocking it through you know 57 yarders in chicago are are not uh, if you miss those you're <laughs> we're not beating you up too much for uh Great. for that so the fact that he made what was there 250 yarders yesterday yep 51 53 yep. yeah i mean normally you know chicago the field looked fine uh the weather didn't look that bad so to me it's like and typically, if you make a couple fifty yards in Chicago, uh, you've done something pretty amazing. And so, yeah, they needed him. They in these in these one score games, uh, they need his. They need him to like not fall off the rail um, and, and keep doing what he's doing.
0: Vikings have won four in a row in Chicago. Kirk Cousins owns the Bears. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, on that sarcastic note, let's. Uh, Take a quick break here because Mark is starting to do uh, sound effects, so I I, I don't know what's up with that, but uh, I I did like it. Uh, Let's come back and talk about the 49ers coming to town and what we see happening there and anything else we saw around the league. Crazy, crazy week. So come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Uh, ultimately, final final thought for the Vikings. I mean, that game was just blah yesterday, like I said. I don't know. It doesn't mean anything unless they come b- back and win on Monday night against the 49ers. And that is a tall uh, task to undertake. Um, you know, I uh, anything can happen in this league mark uh you know you you mentioned uh, the 49ers getting beat by cleveland which isn't after you what you know you when you consider their defense isn't so Atlantic, but they did it with a backup quarterback uh um and you got uh zach wilson who was a backup quarterback this year uh, uh uh beating um beating the uh eagles and giving them their first loss then you got the the Buffalo Bills, who should have been beaten last night, right? They ended up winning Whoa. that one, right? You know, so what what you know all these uh, one score games, Vikings, you know maybe the Viking they're all copying the Vikings from last year. They created so much excitement with all those one score wins, you know, and comebacks. So maybe that's what the league wants, and there's a that that's what they're telling the players to do tank to the last two minutes like basketball, just, just just sleepwalk through it, and then get exciting
1: for the fans to tune in and the red zone to pick it all up. All right, go ahead. Mark. Well, that's what the league has wanted since Pete Rozelle in the 60s. I mean, that's what they've mastered. That's why they're that's why they own the the sports landscape. Of, um, you know, There's 10, 10 of the 13 or 10, uh, 11 of 14 games were one-score games in the fourth quarter, and Uh, nine of them were decided by one score. And that's it. We could say that just about every week. You know, I know there were some blowouts uh, earlier this season that were uncharacteristic like 70 to 20 and stuff like that. But, you know, typically the league is that's, you know, the league is what the Vikings have been through the last two years uh, league wide. So, um, you know, it's, it's the, um, it's the Browns beating the 49ers with PJ Walker, who, was in Chicago as their backup for from March until August, and then they they cut him. And so I I think P.J. Walker would would have been pretty would have been a lot more dangerous for the Vikings to face had he walked in and replaced mm-hmm. Justin Fields than than a guy from Shepherd University, a D two school in West Virginia, making his NFL debut. So uh, just the way the league just uh, you know changes.
0: What, what what's that a product of? I mean, it, are there rule changes that have made these? Because remember how well you don't, but I do. How how many times the Vikings would get blown out in the Super Bowl and blowouts in the Super Bowl were were the norm back then, and and there were the haves and have nots clearly back then. It, it has been gradually coming together. What is that? What's bringing that about? I
1: think is well. Just, I think it's been it's been like that for for decades now. Um, yeah. But, it, it, well, the draft, you know, it, it's uh, the waiver wire system, the draft system, the um, the salary cap, everything is geared toward keeping everyone, you know, um, that's why you, you, the teams that rise above and become like the dynasties. And, you know, the Chiefs right now, I don't know how many people call them a dynasty, but they're in the middle of a dynasty. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. You tend to look back on it, but. You know, you win two and two and four years. Or you go to three and four years. They've been um, in the so AFC Championship for like five, six, five years. years in a row. Hosting. I mean, Patrick Mahomes get the Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game, really, he's, except for the neutral site Super Bowls. He's been at home. He's never he's never played a road playoff game. So that that's a, that says a lot about. And look where he has you know at twenty eight in his career. Um, He's already considered a hall of famer and a guy hasn't played a road playoff game, (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's just the way that the league is. And uh, but the way that you do that is you, when you're put at the bottom of the pile of every round and, and you have to draft 30th or in each round and you, you know, you have a system where you, you know, what fits your system. You, you don't blow, you don't blow a lot of draft picks and you just keep stocking the shelves with cheap, cheap labor that's pretty good players and and just and you have the great quarterback and that, that makes a big difference so yeah you know, uh, and mark another uh uh product of
0: that what we're describing this this uh where the t- teams are all more similar and uh they the blowouts aren't as great is is maybe that i mean you you had you have said that you said at the beginning of the year that you know what you have six teams not making the playoffs this year that made them last year every year it's always it's been four p- teams change places each year from at year least to four, year. At, at least
1: four, year. for yeah. thirty-three years now. Yeah,
0: and I, I just and not not to see you know to say anything against your picks or or mm-hmm. make you uh you know I, I don't bring it up for that. I just think it's fascinating just to, to to check in and see where we're at. I mean, already the Vikings look to be, be being replaced by the Lions. the The Giants were in the playoffs last year and they're not going back there. Um, what, what do you think, uh, uh, you know, a kind of what, what, what you thought at the beginning of the year, how's it going and, 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 uh, where it might end up, uh, in, in that, in that, you know, uh, idea of t- a bunch of teams that weren't in the playoffs all of a sudden getting in and some teams that
1: were there last dropping out. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, if you, you... Because each year, whenever I set out to do some some pre preseason preview oh, stuff, I have an editor send me. Yeah, yeah, I forget what I did last year. Send me, and then I look through it and I go, "Ouch! Ooh, that doesn't look good." Um, so yeah, it's it's fun to do, and and you, you obviously to me making a prediction, it's no fun to predict. Like I think the Chiefs will make the playoffs this year. You know, it, right, right, it's boring. So you kind of reach, uh, and one of the teams obviously that was not going to come true. I said one of the new teams in the playoffs would be Carolina. Because Carolina was in a horror, horrendous, you know, the Buccaneers won that division last year at a seven and nine or seven and uh, nine record, was it? Or mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. Uh, you know, eight and nine. Eight, sorry, eight and nine. You know, the league has now got 18 or 17 games. So I figured, you know, and Carolina was right there. And I thought, you know, Carolina's defense was, was played well. They had the, the interim coach went six and six, I believe. Yeah. Um, but what you don't see is, they you know, devastated a bunch of injuries on defense and um, and then obviously the quarterback needs a little bit more time uh, so you know they're not going to be make the playoffs uh, but yeah like teams that made the playoffs last year that you know I, I thought maybe Miami would take a step back well Miami has put the foot to the floor and they're you know they although they were down 14 nothing to Carolina to open up I was getting a little worried about that one that's my survivor pick but yeah, there's uh, you know the Jets, I thought was everybody was saying, well, the Jets will be in one of the new teams in the playoffs they right. 12 years without being in the playoffs, longest in the league. Um, and the what's cool about their situation is that might still happen. I mean, they're three and three. Yes. They're defense. I, they win that game, they beat they beat the Eagles. Not only are they you know, Zach Wilson obviously is a quarterback, but they didn't have Sauce Gardner. Uh they had another defensive guy that wasn't in that didn't play. So, you know, that's almost like when you lose an Aaron Rodgers on the fourth snap of the season and and everybody's like immediately, oh, trade for Kirk Cousins and give up and do this and do that. And the Jets are kind of circling the wagons a little bit and saying, you know, we still got a good team. Mm -hmm. Maybe this quarterback, you know, he's got talent. If he just develops and through the season uh, and that's really cool to see them at three and three now and maybe they get into the playoffs without aaron rodgers and they have really-
0: beat some, they have beat some decent quarterbacks you know that yeah. defense they they have uh they have done so and and you and i were kind of talking <laughs> offline and saying wouldn't it wouldn't uh, hurt us at all to see the 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 jets make the playoffs and do well with with aaron rodgers on the sidelines you know <laughs>
1: yeah but, you know from from someone that likes you know i it's a, it's the ultimate team sport and it's a cliche of the call cliches, but it's true. You know, Aaron Rodgers, if, if you were to take him to the, take him to the playoffs and, and, you know, if he wins the super bowl then obviously he deserves the lion's share, but you know, he didn't step into a terrible team, just like Tom Brady didn't step into a terrible Tampa team a couple years back when they right. won the super bowl. Right. Um, you know, that was a great defense. The jets have a great defense and, Um, you just, it's kind of be nice to see them be able to make the playoffs with a Zach Wilson who, um, you know, I don't know if Zach Wilson, you know, there's certain it factors that quarterbacks have, and I don't think he has it, but that doesn't mean he's terrible. Um, he's not a good I don't think he's ever gonna be a great quarterback, a guy worthy of the second pick in the draft, but he can win. And the defense is, um, is really good. And it'd be kind of neat to see them make the playoffs with, uh, without Aaron Rodgers. Bottom line is, uh, we can't
0: make any assumptions yet on these teams, things can change. Uh, uh, and Mark, you were already saying that earlier in the podcast that Vikings fans hold on just a little bit yet. You know, if they do, in fact, win next Monday night against the uh, 49ers, it, it is a total different outlook on this. Team in this season because their 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 schedule lightens up a little bit after that. You know they uh, they got a bunch of North, uh, uh, NFC North games coming. They are one and zero in the NFC North for what it's worth. Um, so uh, we shouldn't do that. But th- that said, uh, the the Niners are coming in uh, after a loss, their first loss of season. They're going to be ticked off. They're a little banged up. But they're still pretty tough on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that's going to pre- present some problems for the Vikings' offense and Kirk Cousins under in the pocket and under the spotlight of Monday Night Football. So, what what are your thoughts on this game coming in?
1: Yeah, I mean, to me, with uh, the whole uh, Kirk and uh, Kirk in prime time stuff, just uh, those numbers just kind of go in one ear and out the other ear for me yeah. because I've seen him play. You know, and I always bring this up. Yeah, the Rams game in his maybe his first year or whatever it was, two thousand. Gosh, was it nineteen now or whatever? They go there and Kirk is outstanding, you know. And but Jared Goff had a perfect passer rating for the entire game and threw like four touchdown passes and just had his way with Zimmer's defense. Yeah, Um, yeah. probably one of the most you know Zimmer. You know, I said one of the most embarrassing. games he's had in his coaching career was that was that Monday night. Again. That wasn't Kirk's fault. Kirk no. was going toe-to-toe with a guy who was at a perfect passer rating and lost that game. So that gets lumped in with his losses. Kirk's also had wins like uh, uh, Carolina, like what well, not prime time, but he's also had wins where he didn't play that well and he got in the defense, played really well. So a lot of that's you – know,
0: And, and you know, I bring it up facetiously, Mark, but yeah. you know I, I also on the side of that coin. The dude does panic. And pressure gets to him in either uh, imagined pressure or actual pressure. He gets both. So I I would say
1: if if you're playing on Monday night, I mean, the Thursday night games are different because everybody plays on Thursday night. It could be a terrible matchup, but if you're playing on Monday night, typically you're playing a good you're playing a good defense, a good team. And maybe that adds to the, you know, uh, he's not handling the pressure, but I don't think he's I don't think it's the pressure. It's the pressure of what the defense is giving him, not the pressure of, I'm playing at night, you know. I don't I don't see that. Um, looking at this game, uh, this is a good example of how you know when you look down the road and you say, well, you know, uh, well, the, the schedule gets easier, the schedule gets harder, or whatever. This game, uh, by the fact that Christian McCaffrey is hurt, Debo Samuels is hurt, we don't know what the extent is, but um I would say they'd be limited at at, at best if they, they play get an extra day to heal. Well, Again, if they don't play that changes the complexion of that game tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. Um, it's the, you know, the defense that will win the game for them. <laughs> you know, I, I think that um, it sure makes if Brian, if Brian Flores doesn't have Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey to worry about, or if they're proved to be not, you know, up to par, you know, health wise, mm-hmm. then that certainly helps his, his attack and they'll be able to make a uh, uh, Brock Purdy look human, which is, a, you know, the Browns did for the first time in the guy's career, <laughs> you know, except when he hurt his elbow. Yeah, um, that was his first loss, right? His first regular season loss, and then uh, obviously lost in the in the, the playoff game when he got hurt, and the, the 49ers were down to no one. But things change, you know, in the league, and so this game is, is much more winnable, especially being at home. Um, you know, but I still feel like you know there's two factors. One's the defense, and two is the you know we're pissed off uh, factor of they lost. Now it's good. you're going to get their full attention. So right. yeah, I, I, I after my public service announcement last week of taking the Bears and creating this this win and ruining your your tanking, uh, I'm going to just play it. I'm not going to outsmart myself. I'm going to just say the 49ers win this game a low scoring close game though, I believe I, uh, well,
0: you know, you, you accuse me forever and a day on this, this prediction segment of being a Homer and always, you know, outlandishly picking the Vikings, you know, in which, uh, served me well last year since they were 13 and four and I won, uh, I am going to, uh, enjoy my fortitude, a three and three lead for another week. And, uh, Go with you. I I just think that the defense is too physical for the Vikings. uh You know, I, they they have not. The Vikings have not looked uh not certainly not dominant, but not confident. You know, I'm and I think this will be a tough spot for them. They're they they're, they're going to read the headlines and you know it's it's the. Uh, it's the 49ers um brand Flores could make some trouble for a young quarterback for sure but this guy is playing above his years Brock Purdy I think one of those two guys uh McCaffrey or uh uh what's his face uh, Sam uh Debos uh what's his last name Debo Th- thank you uh, he will be back uh one of those guys will be back if it's if it's christian McCaffrey I, I, I don't think it's a it's and, he, and he's healthy it, it's the Vikings aren't are going to get beat pretty bad, but uh, I think it will be a good game. Like you, I think in the end the Vi- the Niners are a little tougher than the Vikings. Yet they haven't shown it, so it's going to go for the Niners, and that, and that's uh, you know not, not I'm will, not out on a limb there.
1: I will add that not only defense but um, offensive line. I mean, uh, I I think the best player in the league might be might be their their left tackle. I mean that guy is a force and. Uh, not that, uh, you know, that they can't get pressure on this guy, uh, but that offensive line is top-notch. You know, you, you've thrown out the Vikings being a top five here and there. I, I don't believe that. Uh, not that, you know, they, they got uh, some good tackles, but I, I wouldn't put them as a top five offensive line. I would put San Francisco, Philadelphia, um, Detroit. You know, those are the, those are elite offensive lines. Uh, that's another reason why I got to, you know, I would go with the 49ers would be, you know, I, I think if if those if they had those injuries, then it's uh it's it's a closer game, uh, more of a close contest. But uh, defense, offensive line, yeah, I uh, go with the uh, 49ers.
0: They got both to contend with, right? Um, uh, yeah. um, so well, well, there we have it. Uh, that that'll do it for this week. Come on back next week. We're taping today, this week on Monday because Vikings played yesterday, but next week they'll be playing on Monday night, so we'll probably wait till Tuesday. To, to uh, uh, tape this. and uh, So come on back and check out. We'll talk about the, the Vikings Niners game and everything else going on. Thanks, Mark Craig. Thanks, Mike Wolden behind the scenes. Thanks, folks, for checking us out. And thanks, Joe Johnson. So until next week, when hopefully we're talking about a Vikings win, uh, we'll see ya. Skull. Skull.